complaining about how the Electoral College doesn't make any sense? And I guess my question to you is, what is your sick obsession with things making sense? I mean, what is even the alternative? Having everyone's votes count the same? That's crazy. You're acting crazy. Of course someone in Iowa's vote should count 200 times more than someone in California. They are the farmers. You know, they make the corn. And without corn, we wouldn't have my favorite Mexican meal, which is a bunch of mozzarella microwaved on top of Fritos. Saying everyone's votes should count the same is like saying everyone should be allowed to come into my house. What, should everyone just have equal access to my fridge? No, you're not getting my drawer full of salami. Look, the four daddies of our country designed it this way. You think you know better than 20 slaveholders in 1776 who shit into buckets at night? Do you know how crazy you sound? I'm like worried about you. Without the Electoral College, we would just be socialism. And you know who else has socialism? Venezuela. And I'm afraid of Venezuela because they don't have chicken nuggets. I mean, it's a perfect system. What the hell is that? Hey, stone on air. If you are not listening to Brian Stone, who has been a fixture in Chattanooga for years, you better be, or I'm going to ask you personally why you're not. I'm so happy I could die. They're like, Brian! Yeah, (laughs) Brian! Yes, my name is Brian! Finally, it's cool to be a Chattanoogan. Finally, it's cool to embrace this city. When some of us have been saying this for 25 years... Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. Stone on air. Yeah, just kill me now. Welcome in, everybody, to the supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone on Air podcast. Happy uh, Wednesday to you. We'll be on time this week. It feels like it was uh, October the last time I talked to you because it was. October, the last time I talked to you, it was the middle of the final week of October. Here we are, the 11th of November, and a lot has changed since then. And in some ways, not much has changed all that much in some some vantage points. I'll talk uh, about that a little bit here in the uh, open segment. My name is Brian Stone. If you happen to be new to this show, which likely you're not, but just in case if you are, at Stone on Air on all social media, it's how you can get a hold of me. So, yeah, wild last couple of weeks. Um, this is going to be a two-segment show. I am going to uh, I, I'm going to stretch out and just discuss how, my feelings over the weekend. And some of you might roll your eyes at it. You might. You might not. There could be some relatable uh, feelings that I had over the weekend that you've had before. In different settings, again, maybe, maybe not. We'll find out here soon enough. So it's uh, another prepare for radio show tomorrow morning, do a podcast tonight, and simultaneously put them together when they share content, but not really, but sort of, and have different angles. Because as I always talk about, radio shows and podcasts are two very different things, though they do cross-pollinate in a lot of different ways. Most of the radio show stuff is done for tomorrow, and the podcast stuff, hopefully, is where I need it to be for now. I um, I went to, uh, man, I love newspapers. I don't know how much I talk about that on here. I know I have before. And I went to go purchase the USA Today on Monday, or today for Monday, the uh, president-elect you know, front page. I have, several, I have USA Today's front covers for the last three elections. And I have more than one or two of them. I, uh, at one point in time, thought it would be, eventually someday I would be in the resale business, the vintage resale business, because I collect so much shit. (laughs) I'm looking at my garage right now where where my, my workstation is. 
I'm about to rearrange everything at the house just because things have changed around in my you know daily life over the last three, four, five months. And my cat just saying my new you know little kitten now she's like a teenage cat a hellion is destroying the damn place and she has just shredded my garage. I got to get her out of here to the other side of the house and get this place in order. But I've got um, several copies of the the day after when Don Trump was declared president. I have several copies of uh, Barack Obama's reelection of the next day on the USA Today, USA Today, and then I have the 2008. Uh, we make history. Obama won, wins the presidency. I have like 10 or 12 copies of that. Somewhere in this garage, if this cat hasn't ruined it by now. Um, but I went to go buy the, you know, Biden was is president-elect now, for now. Anyway, more on that as we go along. And they're sold out at the USA Today. I don't know why they just don't copy more or, you know, make print more and sell them. But uh, I wasn't able to add to that collection just yet. I did buy the New York Times front page today for six bucks a piece. I only bought two of them because I am out of the uh, hoarding business for potential later resale. I just, I I feel like that passion, the collecting passion for my collection has not fallen, but the passion for resale uh, really has. And I might regret that someday down the road, but it's hard to keep up with. I got a ton of papers from the Patriots of one, uh, the Super Bowl. I have new, uh, Red Sox win the Super Bowl, uh, Boston Globe, I think it is. I got stacks of those. I got stacks of the the Chicago Tribune after the Cubs won. And it's just like, man, I'm just stacking up, you know, <laughs> uh, fire hazards over here. And so someday I'll probably, you know, get rid of these. I've, I've given them as gifts at times to friends of mine, but wasn't able to add to the collection just yet. Hopefully I'll be able to do that before it's all said and done and don't get gouged on eBay because, damn it, that was my idea. That's what I was going to do. I just don't feel like it anymore. Speaking of um, uh, newspapers, I have refused to buy any newspaper online subscriptions because I just felt like they weren't worth it. But it's starting to turn into an industry that where they figure, they figure things out. They're doing things better now. The Wall Street Journal is a fantastic newspaper. And I subscribed for $1 for two months. And normally I'm good about making sure and getting rid of the introductory offers and not getting charged after that. I didn't this time. And I got charged for the first month after the first two months. And I think I'm going to let it ride. It is very good content. Very well done. You can have the articles read to you, like, you know, like Audible style. You can listen to the article rather than read it, which for a very, very ADD, attention, just wandering, uh, middle-aged, you know, distracted man, it uh, works out quite well for me. I think I'm going to keep paying for it. I see many, many more uh, online sources that are pay, like The Athletic and Sports World seems to be worth its while as well. So anyway... Uh, it has taken the online content distribution world a long time to catch up, but it is a world of you get what you pay for. And if it's free, it's there's a reason for it. Or it used to be back in the day, well, newspaper costs 50 cents. You get what you pay for. Same kind of concept here. All right, so coming up in the show today, I am going to spend the second long segment with a bunch of audio that I've been collecting from TikTok. I hope I'm not boring you with this stuff. I love it. It is so much fun. So, yes, going to stretch out and just have fun for the final. I don't know how long it'll take. It might be 15 minutes. It might be 20, 25 minutes. I'm not sure. I've got, uh, let's see, where is my sheet? I have 
Oh, hell, I don't even have them numbered. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 cuts of audio. None, none over 90 seconds, most less than a minute. And um, I think that's going to be fun. I think uh, you'll enjoy it, too. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't think that you would. And primarily because I just don't feel like talking about anything overly serious other than talking about the election and this new social media here in the open segment. And as quick as I got so excited about the election and the results, it took, like, no time to come right back down to reality and be back to worried and concerned again. Because it never was, as I've talked about it on here and the radio and everywhere else and amongst friend circles and social medias, it never was I was terrified that Trump would win. It was just as much I was terrified if Trump actually lost. And I'm on the record saying I didn't think there's any chance he was going to lose. And I guess to a certain degree we don't know for sure, even though I am confident with the projections from all the news outlets. And I'm back down to from being very happy over the weekend to very concerned. Once again, I will come back to that in just a minute to wrap up the final seg or the final portion of this open. Um, this is something that came to my wavelength today. I find it amusing what people say they are or aren't going to do in anything in life, but certainly in social media. I'll never read it again. I'll never come back to this website again. I'll never watch the NBA again. I'll never do this. I'll never do that. <sighs> yeah, either you didn't already do that to begin with or you're a liar and you will. So all of a sudden now in the last several days, and I guess it's been around for a couple of years, I've been picking up speed for the last, I don't know, six, eight, nine months, something like that. There is a now alternative to Twitter. It is called Parlor. I don't know exactly what that name means, where it comes from. I'll give you just a quick Wikipedia definition of it, definition of it here in just a second. Um, but this is like a factless society social media like it touts itself as a place that you go where you'll never be questioned you can uh, build yourself an echo chamber and you can say whatever you want whenever you want wow isn't that exactly what america needs now and um, more on my thoughts about how it's modeled after twitter here in just a couple of minutes. First, this is from uh, some ABC News affiliate. I didn't catch what city it is. It's probably Washington, D.C. At this point, it doesn't matter. It's right around a minute long. This is kind of a, a quick piece as to what Parler is. Parler is the latest social media platform to gain traction, surging to the number one spot on Apple's free downloads list this weekend. Touted as a contrast to Facebook and Twitter, which has started fact-checking and flagging posts for misinformation. Of their popularity, CEO John Matz released this statement, saying... People trust Parler because Parler trusts people. We welcome all to join our platform, which emphasizes free speech and open discourse. But the company boasts about tailoring your experience to avoid that discourse. You can even filter and block specific words you don't want to see. Filling your feed with only like-minded profiles and no fact-checking, experts warn, is dangerous. On the internet. Licensed counselor Angela Fom worries this type of platform is where conspiracy theories will spread at rapid-fire pace. The conspiracy theories that are happening right now 
seem to be more dangerous than ever before. These experts agree social media companies have a social responsibility to flag attempts of spreading misinformation. Whether it was intended to or not, what it sounds like to me is this is a first kind of complimentary building piece to the Trump TV, Trump network that will uh, begin to materialize that he was he and others in his in, of his ilk were talking about four years ago when the idea was we're not going to win this election, but we are going to take over American ideology. Oh, shit, we won the election. <laughs> OK, well, never mind. Well, now that's coming back into play. And this feels like the complimentary social media piece. Um, I don't know. If that's just a hunch, just a, a, a thought that I have as I do believe that eventually at some point, once all this chaos, well, continues, but maybe boils off a little bit, there will be an inauguration in January and there will be a new president and there'll be even more chaos from a different level. Parler is a United States-based microblogging and social networking service launched in August 2018. This is from the Wikipedia page. Parler has a significant user base of Trump supporters, conservatives, and Saudi nationalists. Posts on the website often contain far-right content, anti-Semitism, and conspiracy theories. The site has been described as an alternative to Twitter and is popular among people who have been banned from mainstream social networks or oppose their moderation policies. And it goes on and on several, several pages long. I won't bore you with much more of that. If you're interested, you'll look in more. If you're not, you won't. Uh, more on the connection from my mind of how it, how it has a it's a, uh, a kind of more of a competitor to Twitter than anything else after we listen to Ted Cruz, who posted this just a few months ago. Twitter, Facebook, Google, YouTube. These are some of the most visited sites in the world. They're run by left-wing Silicon Valley billionaires. They have an unparalleled ability to shape what Americans see and hear and ultimately think. And they use that power to silence conservatives and to promote their radical left-wing agenda. Big tech has shown the ability to shadow ban or to silence whatever you say, whatever you post, without anyone ever knowing about it. On the flip side, if big tech has views that they want to promote, they can just collate your feed so you see only what they want you to see. Big tech is out of control, filled with hubris and flagrantly silencing those with whom they disagree. From conservative media organizations to the president of the United States and millions of Americans in between. These actions don't just threaten our First Amendment rights and our free speech. They threaten the integrity of our elections and the future of our democracy. That's why I'm proud to join Parler. This platform gets what free speech is all about, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's speak, let's speak freely, and let's end the Silicon Valley censorship. Oh, isn't that cute? Uh, Cruz, Ted Cruz is all of a sudden concerned about the integrity of the United States uh, elections. Is he wrong on a lot of that stuff? Probably not as far as the influence from Silicon Valley and all the tech giants. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's probably not wrong on that. Do I care hardly about that? Not really. I've watched the social networks, um, the Netflix 
series. I already knew about the brainwashing nature that is high tech in the world, but most specifically here in the United States of America. I understand what it is. I understand what they're doing. And I can either choose to participate or not. And so can everybody else. And this won't be any different with this other social media that is an echo chamber of conspiracy theories and um, and just a bunch of people all, you know, singing to their own choir. That's fine. If that's what you want to do, go right ahead. Have fun. What I find it laughable even more, though, is that this is a competitor with Twitter. Most people are not on Twitter. Or if they are, they do not participate. Facebook is where most of the numbnuts are. So when you see people put all this, I'm never going to Facebook again, I'm going to Parler. Listen, you've had 10, 12, 13, whatever it is, years to get involved with Twitter. And because you don't get wished a happy birthday on Twitter, you're bored with it. I have a whole bunch of research I printed off. I've done some of this before in the past, and I'll do it again here in the future. And a bunch of audio I'm going to cut up later on to do a whole mind-washing, brainwashing of the social media world as it is, and our tech and our phones and how zombified we are. I mean, you without the interaction of of multiple points of your life, of your emotional you know, brain that's not just all focused on just the politics of the world and ideology without getting that comfort and that itch scratched by your likes and your and your notifications, you're going to get bored with it. It doesn't matter how much it is centered to what your beliefs are. You might go take a look at it every now and again. It's not going to take over anything. You're not leaving Facebook. Most people can't even, their, their attention spans can't even let Twitter be something that they could get entertained by because nobody interacts with them because nobody cares who you are on Twitter and nobody's going to care who you are on Parler either. And while most people don't care who you are on Facebook, at least you have enough interaction with real people in a um, and really an overall a very friendly user-based social media that is the king of the world of social media. You're not leaving Facebook and going to whatever. Let it, they're they're gonna they're gonna proudly post their they think is so clever yet is not at all a new handle on this Twitter like social media except it's not nearly like Twitter it is a low rent blowhard version of Twitter and they're gonna get bored with it in five minutes and we'll see you back on Facebook posting your nonsense there it's fine it's okay that's what social media is all about. All right, so I'm going to talk about uh, a couple things I was going to get to by the numbers. Uh, what if Trump decides not to leave? I'll, I'll do that on the radio show later in the week, maybe on the podcast next week. I don't know. Right now, I'm just going to stretch out and get um, just a, a play-by-play of my weekend. And uh, and if you, you, know, if you, if you want to blow right on by this because you're not interested in somebody being happy about the opposition if you don't agree winning a, a presidential presidential election yeah, that's fine you're not gonna hurt my feelings at all you will you will enjoy the next segment I promise you but I'm gonna spend a few minutes on this um I um I don't like Donald Trump at all okay never and I never have it I never will I am a moderate political traditionalist at least of the modern age and it to me it would be the same as if uh, Ocasio-Cortez or Bernie or Elizabeth Warren had taken over a large percentage of the Democratic Party and had gone to power and were able to win elections 
I wouldn't find that to be a good thing for America. I, I would not I would not want that, though I would probably still vote for it. Over the opposition, I probably would still vote for it. So that's where I do have a little sympathy with the world of Trumpification, where I know a lot of people voting for it don't really approve of it, but they but based on the opposition, they they will anyway. So I I I I get that. I understand that. I can totally uh, relate to that. But I am an anti-Trumpification guy forever, from day one, from the time it started to brew, you know, five six years ago to now. I am against it in any way possible. Vote whoever can have a semblance of slowing down that mess, even though it's not really going to slow it down. It's not really going to slow it down. We we're, we're the, stay buckled up. The worst is yet to come. It's going to get worse before it ever gets better, if it ever gets better at all. So having said that, so you know where I'm coming from, and as a lifelong moderate Democrat voter and uh, supporter, whether I voted or not, started voting in uh, 2006, so I've been voting for, uh, what's that math, 14 years. Saturday was a very surreal and incredible day, really, all the way around. I went to bed late on a Friday, like I normally do, slept in late on a Saturday, like I normally do. I'm usually exhausted by the end of the week, but I ain't nothing for me to sit up and have some drinks and watch Shark Tank reruns, or 2020 on ABC, or Dateline, or whatever the hell's on, just mindless whatever. Cut up audio, hang around the house, whatever. It ain't nothing for me to do that any given Friday night into Saturday. And then sleep it in all day just because, why not? If I don't have anything else to do, which generally speaking on a Saturday in the fall, I don't. The only thing I would quote unquote have to do or would like to do would be wake up and go, especially on a on a cool, pretty, crisp fall Saturday, find some friends and watch some football, right? Maybe talk a little bit of politics, keep it, keep it easy, keep it light, keep it breezy, keep the peace, have fun. And call it a day and to get ready for uh, the pros on Sunday. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing every year, every fall, every weekend. Except this year, it fell on a projection Saturday of our president-elect. Now, say what you will about where it's going from here and where the legalities are going to go and what craziness is coming up you know, around the corner. For now, we have a president-elect. And I woke up. Or I started hearing my phone buzzing and ringing, you know, making notifications around 11.30. And I think the race was called around then. I think it was just before noon. And I just kept hitting off, 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 and then just hit snooze, silent. I'm not getting up until I'm ready to get up. And that was around 12.30 to 12.45, which admittedly is later than I'd like it to be. I'd, I'd prefer to be up before noon, like even like 11.50. I feel like I've done way better than if I sleep till 12.20. But again, in this case, most cases, it really doesn't matter. Sunny day out, warm, going to watch the, uh, the cocktail party at 3-ish. Going to watch Notre Dame Clemson at whatever time it starts, 7, 8 o'clock, whatever. A couple of, you know, pretty good game, marquee national games to take up the afternoon and the evening. So who cares, right? Well, by the time I get up, I see quickly with one eye open, like, oh, 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 wow. All right. The race has been called. 
Joe Biden is the president-elect. Now, I, based on the numbers, it doesn't matter whether you believe him or not, but based on the numbers that were coming through all news networks, this was going to happen, just didn't know when. So I was already ready for it, but I thought it'd be next week sometime, or this week sometime, or like right now, or last night, or tomorrow. Happened to be on a sat- that Saturday. And so I, you know, I make a bagel, cream cheese and bagel. I get, uh, I get my sparkling water, and I, I, I sit down. I start watching the news and and flipping around. I'm like, this is happening. Wow. All right. This is pretty cool. And then I just keep watching for the next hour or two. It's now it's like two or three o'clock, and it's starting to build a little bit. And I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm starting to feel really good. Way better than I normally feel. On a, just a random Saturday, I get a call from my dad, or I call him back. He's one that called me, and he's in Atlanta, happenstance. Was there for his uh, anniversary. Him and uh, his wife, Sandy, my stepmom, they go for their anniversary to Atlanta every year. Why? I don't know. It just so happened that this was their weekend anniversary. And Piedmont Park and all around the you know the areas of Atlanta, it's a bleeping party. And he's he's just overjoyed and and just I could feel the excitement through the phone. I could hear it in the background and say what you want about the mask and COVID. Blah, 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 blah. I don't do that on this show. Hardly ever. But I st- just started. OK, I, I got to go. I got to go do I got to go do something. I got to go find somebody. I got to I have to. This is this is real. This is a, this is a celebration. And so I get ready to leave the house. I start getting texts. Hey, we're going to do this. What do you want to do this? You want to go do there? What are, we, what are you going to do? And like, hey, you going to watch football? No, I'm not watching football. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We've Something amazing has just happened. You think I'm going to watch children play football? And um, and so I, I just get in my car and I throw, I grab some CDs, literally compact disc, and I some of my favorites, and I put them on, I'm just listening to music, and I grab a drink, and I drive downtown, and I'm just driving around, I thought there'd be more going on around here, there really wasn't, that's fine, doesn't matter, and I just started to really feel good, this is just a swelling of pride, and I I made it to my work, my old work downtown, which is sentimental to me, because it's just an empty lot now, with overgrown bushes, and overgrown grass, and I just went and parked in that driveway, or in that parking lot, and I open the doors and I put on my music loud and I just, I, I, I had a drink and I just, I don't know. It's just so weird. I know it sounds, it might sound weird. I don't know. But it was such an amazing feeling. And I get a, a, a text from my, uh, from my brother and he's not really all into that, into politics all that much. Loves sports, loves the Vols, loves the Titans, loves the Braves. He's about six years younger than me, so... When the Titans and the Vols or the Vols are winning championships and the Braves are winning championships, he doesn't. He was too young really to remember that. And he texts me. He's in Nashville. He's got you know married kids, all that stuff. We live you know similar lives in some cases, but completely different in other ways. And he said, having never had one of my teams ever win a championship, today feels like winning what winning a championship would be like. And I paraphrased a very short tweet, or text, excuse me. And it hit me really hard right there, middle of the day, 4 o'clock, whatever it was, listening to music in an empty parking lot in an abandoned building downtown, just down the street from Main Street and all the, you know, the progressive hip areas of downtown. And I, I, I agreed, and I'm just talking to myself in my head, I was like, it does. I don't know what it's like to win a championship in my adult 
life of my favorite teams. But something tells me it would feel a lot like this. It would feel a lot like the way I feel right now. I can't know that because I was 15 last time a team I rooted for won a championship, and I didn't. That was a different world. That was a life that was 100 years ago. And I felt amazing. I really did. I'm not over exaggerating. I'm not trying to be corny or weird. I felt amazing. And I found out that uh, Exile on Main Street, cool little gathering spot outdoors, for the most part, outdoor space. Had the had the address at eight o'clock from Biden to the country to the world uh, on the projection screen. Only let a handful in. You know, it was a it was a limited capacity. Masks were required. Blah 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 blah. Got there early with four or five friends. One I was not particularly expecting to be hanging out with, which was even added bonus. I'll leave it at that. And it was it was awesome. It was just such a great time to be around people who. You, who you you knew you enjoyed their presence, whether you even ever met them before. As soon as the speech was over, little amateur fireworks show from right behind the building where we're at. Fireworks popping off all over downtown. Headed over to feed for a nightcap. Ended up with a little down the road in the south side area, just hanging out, drinking, you know, crashing out over at friends. That it was just it was amazing. It was incredible of a year that's been just so awful. In so many different ways, it was a really amazing night. And it didn't take but a couple of days to come back down to earth and realize, "Ah, this is still an absolute shit show. But for that one day, 24 solid hour period, because it lasted into the morning, you know, I mean, I went to bed or whatever, but got up the next day and continued just kind of like, you know, watch Saturday Night Live that night that had Foo Fighters on, which is one of the all uh, times like these was one of Biden's campaign songs and, Chappelle hosted. It's just, it's just, it was great. <laughs> so good. And then now back to reality. So, all right. Anyway, thank you for uh, bearing that out as we were hitting the half hour mark here. I um, decided to just let that stretch out for a while because I don't know. I wanted to. And then I'm going to just give you a bunch of audio from TikTok to wrap up the show. Coming up next, I, I, I believe we'll all be fine. Life will go on no matter what happens. But it is a buckle up because this is still going to be a very wild roller coaster till the end of the year and in to the beginning of 21. Let's get silly. Coming up next. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. About an hour ago, I called Governor Reagan in California. And I told him that I congratulated him for a fine victory. Just a few minutes ago, I called Vice President Bush and congratulated him on his victory. Regardless of our differences, all Americans share the same purpose, uh, to make this the world's greatest nation more safe and more secure. Just moments ago, I spoke with George W. Bush and congratulated him on becoming the 43rd president of the United States. I spoke to President Bush and I offered him And Laura, our congratulations. A little while ago, I had the honor of calling Senator Barack Obama to congratulate him. Please. I have just called President Obama to congratulate him on his victory. Last night, I congratulated Donald Trump and offered to work with him on behalf of our country.
This is brand new Foo Fighters. They debuted it on Saturday Night Live on Saturday night after they first opened with, or I don't know what order they did it, but they played Times Like These, which was one of the, as I just mentioned, the campaign songs from Joe Biden's run to the president-elect, or at least that's what we think. The song's called Shame Shame. It's a weird, it's a weird sound for the Foo Fighters. This is only about my third time hearing it. I think I like it, but it is different from what I'm used to. All right, so let's get into this as we're already 30 minutes into the Stone On Air podcast. I have been um, just still completely addicted to TikTok. So, you know, parlors where everybody's going to go to do all their conspiracy theories and whatever. Uh, that's fine. Y'all have fun with that. I'm going to continue to deep dive into TikTok just about every single day. And um, and I'll never leave Twitter, even though it be- is beginning to become a more and more annoying place to be. But uh, we'll leave that alone for now. So I have, I think I counted, I'm not going to count them again, 14 or 15 clips that I'm going to play here, and I'm just going to do them in the alphabetical order, well, they're almost alphabetical order, in the order that they came up on my touch screen here because it's just so much easier to do it that way. I originally had a uh, a very well done, uh, or at least I thought, sketch as to how I wanted them in order, like they made more sense to start here and then in there, and I just, it's just so much easier to just fire them off as they are, are layered here on the touchscreen, so I'm just going to do that, which I after I went through it earlier, I think that it's going to work out just fine. So the very final segment, or, or excuse me, the very final piece of audio I'm going to play is from Jeopardy. There's a chance you've seen it. If you're anywhere playing around on social media, it's a couple years old by now. Uh, Alex Trebek, of course, we lost over the weekend. He's had, been battling pancreatic uh, cancer for a year and a half now, so we knew it was going to come eventually, and he did, uh, he did a hell of a fight with it. But it uh, eventually got him this past weekend. Love Jeopardy. Love Alex. And the final clip is is uh, these dorks on Jeopardy that don't know any of the football questions on an entire category. That is going to be the highlight, one of the highlights anyway, of this uh, audio uh, vault segment I have for you here. All right, so we'll start right here. I don't remember her name. I should have written it down, but I didn't. She is just this. She's an African-American woman who just started screwing around on, on, on TikTok. And you can go through her page, and she talks about how this is amazing. I can't believe you guys love this so much. I just started messing around, and the next thing you know, she's starting to do this and that and whatever else. And she started this this little gag that just started taking off virally, at least through TikTok, called the Ghetto Spelling Bee. So I don't want it to come across as I'm being, you know, insensitive to uh, to to certain races or you know uh, 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 demographics, right? This is a completely a skit sketched skit kind of thing and then she even admits later i messed up calling it spelling bee because i'm not actually spelling you'll hear a few of these over the course of the next 15 cuts this is where somebody asked her to to use a word in a sentence not spell it but use a word in a sentence which also kind of comes from the spelling bee uh, uh, uh world this is the word alaska Hold on, let me turn that up right there, and here we go. Try the word Alaska. Keisha came up to me saying that she thinks Britney wanted to fight her, so I said, girl, don't worry, Alaska. 
and she did want to fight her, so they fought. You got to be kidding. <laughs> They're just that short. Alaska. I think I played this at the beginning of one of my uh, shows in the last week or two and just forgot that I did. It's uh, right at 30 seconds, so it doesn't matter whether I've already played it or not. We clown on Trump all the time, we being everybody out there who's trying to put out content, but rare, very very rarely do you find a Joe Biden impression. Come on, folks, look. I remember when I was a boy in Scranton, Pennsylvania, the year was 1856 when I found it. I just returned home after panning for gold out west for six months. That's what America was all about. It's about picking up a shovel, leaving your wife, riding west on a horse for two, maybe three weeks, breaking open rocks until your limbs get tired and your friend Frank dies of syphilis, so you have to eat him up on the open road. <laughs> Not about arguing over politics, arguing over who built which cage. Come on, man. Come on, man. I think I used that the other week, but that's fine. This is about 20 seconds from somebody outside of a... Um, voting precinct or a ballot counting precinct in Nevada at the end of last week. Couldn't quite tell if it was a heckler protest or just somebody trying to be a clown, but the uh, the Biden crime family is rigging the election. Family stealing the election. The media is covering up. The Biden crime family stealing this election. The media is covering it up. The Biden crime family stealing this election. The media is covering up. We want our freedom for the world. Give us our freedom, Joe Biden. Joe Biden's covering up this election. He's stealing it. And then he just walks away. <laughs> that was the last word. He's, they're stealing it. And then he just walks away. And then they proceed with the rest of the news conference. It looked like it was not staged. I don't know. Maybe it was. This is um, one of the many reasons why I love the man Bernie Sanders, but still think that overall his policies and his um, and his vision for America, at least in present day time, doesn't work. But I still love the man. This is him in 1981 as a low-level politician in the state of Vermont. He's on with Phil Donahue. I don't know if Donahue's just a reporter at that time or if it was actually his show. See if any of this sounds familiar to you. Bernie Sanders in 1981. What's your what's the biggest grievance? Give us your overview. All right. Here. What we're talking about is that we believe in democracy. I mean, the problem with the word socialism is that very often it's been equated with what happens in the Soviet Union, which is authoritarianism and totalitarianism. I believe very strongly in the right of dissent. And, and I think people with my ideas fight for those things very strongly. What we talk about is the fact that in our society, theoretically a democratic society, you have a handful of people who control our economy. You have uh, maybe 2% of the population that owns one-third of the entire wealth of America, 80% of the stocks, 90% of the bonds. And these people have incredible power. They sit on huge corporations like the Chase Manhattan Bank, the multinational corporations, and they determine the destiny of our entire country. As you know, perhaps 50% of our population has so given up on the democratic uh, process, they don't even vote. And those are primarily poor people. I'm telling you, the guy has never wavered. The guy has never changed positions in his life plus he looked like he was 80 years old 39 years ago more on uh kind of reiterate what i was talking about earlier about bernie after this clip this is bernie sanders two weeks ago listen to these words very carefully this is 50 seconds this was bernie sanders before the election two weeks ago likely that the first votes that will be counted will be those people who came in on election day, which will be Republican. And here is the fear, and I hope everybody hears that. 
It could well be, and, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody does. But it could well be that at 10 o'clock on election night, Trump is winning in Michigan. He's winning in Pennsylvania. He's winning in Wisconsin. And he gets on the television. He says, thank you, Americans, for reelecting me. It's all over. Have a good day. But then the next day and the day following, all of those mail-in ballots start getting counted. And it turns out that Biden has won those states, at which point Trump says, see, I told you the whole thing was fraudulent. I told you those mail-in ballots were crooked. And I got, you know, we're not going to leave office. So that is a worry that I and, and a lot of people have. Oh, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. He predicted it. He predicted it almost exactly. And this is why I don't get mad at Republicans, traditional, real, conservative value Republicans voting for Trump because if Bernie Sanders was in the position that Trump got himself into, I'd vote for him. And I wouldn't apologize for it, even though I don't think that it would be good for America. And if it ever happened, I'd go from there, which it's not. You know, it's all hypothetical. But I would. I absolutely would. All right, back to the uh, ghetto spelling bee. Um, Usually the words are much more common used words, but the way she uses this one is so funny. The word is celibate. The word is celibate. Use it in a sentence. Okay. Use the word celibate in a sentence. Everybody think my boyfriend is a drug dealer. I mean, he might celibate, but that mean that he a drug dealer. God, let him do what he got to do. <laughs> he might celibate, but that don't make him a drug dealer. This is the same guy that does the uh, Joe Biden uh, impersonations and some Trump ones as well. He does a, a uh, dueling Biden-Trump uh, impersonation here from TikTok. Sleepy Joe, I know you're in there. Why don't you open up? Donald, what are you doing here? It's over. I won. I brought a couple million votes that I was hoping we can count together. We're not counting a million votes right now. I gotta sleep. It's 5 p.m. Fine, well, is it okay if I just do one last look around, see if I forgot anything? Come on, man. I don't think that's a good idea. You know, I'm looking and I see my fuzzy socks in the corner. Maybe I'll just go inside and stay four more years. (laughs) It's not hilarious, but it's pretty good. Back to Ghetto Spelling Bee. The word is controller. Who's the word controller in a sentence? I went to my friend's house and she had a dog and that dog was off the chain. I said, "Uh uh-uh, controller. You need a controller because if your dog bite me, it's going to be a problem. Controller. You know what? (laughs) One more from the Ghetto Spelling Bee. I think uh, one more. No, maybe two more. And this is just some random person on TikTok doing a um, stupid kind of thing. Think of the Burger, Burger King commercials where in the last several years, it's kind of that man on the street, except for man in the restaurant where they're talking to the customer. Like, hey, I just sat down with my food and now we're going to film talking to you about that food. I don't know if they still do those commercials at much anymore, but I think you probably remember which ones I'm talking about. This isn't hilarious, but it's worth doing. No, I think I got it. All right, let's take it one more time. Okay, so I'm just going to take a bite out of it and then be, like, shocked. Like, I've never had fast food before in my life. Just be like, oh, my goodness, this is the best thing ever. Okay, and then then just describe things that I'm looking at. So I'm going to be like lettuce, onions, poppy seed. I can't believe all this (laughs) comes on a hamburger. Like, that's not what normally comes on every hamburger I've ever tasted in my life. Okay, got it. All right, and then you're gonna tell me the price of it, and I'm gonna just be like shocked, like, 
oh my goodness, how could I get all that for that amount of money? Like, I have no idea how, like, the economy <laughs> or money works or anything. And then, yeah, the kicker, you're going to be like, it's also, we do it on a grill. Like, I have no idea how food preparation works or anything at all. Okay, got it. All right, take six. <laughs> Actually, that's funnier than I'm going to give him credit for. I think anyway. Just a few more to go here. This is a, a political ad that is uh, dad versus mom. Your mom always makes you do stuff when you're trying to do other stuff. Sure, she's nice, but then all of a sudden, she'll just get super pissed off. She gives you guys the same amount of allowance every week, even though we both know one of you always misbehaves. Socialism. That's where your dad comes in. He'll never make you tell him what happened at school today. In fact, sometimes he forgets you even exist. You can have as much screen time as you want and eat unhealthy snacks filled with high fructose corn syrup. When you tell dad you're the imposter on Among Us, he'll pretend to be excited even though he doesn't know what the hell it means. Your dad hardly ever gets pissed off like your mom. Well, except when you guys leave all your bikes and shit all over the garage and there's not even a pathway to walk in and out. <laughs> God damn, that's annoying. I'm your dad and I am. And I approve this message. I don't know why. Some, I, well, they have to cram them into one minute. That was their bad edit, not mine. Two more from the Ghetto Spelling Bee, then one after that. That's not Ghetto Spelling Bee, and then the Jeopardy audio, and then we'll wrap this week's Stone on Air podcast up. Israel. Use it in a sentence. The country, Israel. Can you please use the word Israel in a sentence? You know what really be pissing me off? When Caucasian people be like, But it's real. It's real. No, you cannot touch my hair. But it's real. Don't touch my hair. <laughs> Don't touch my hair. It's real. And this is a uh, three-comboed one for the final one from the ghetto spelling bee. Noah, the name. Coal, as in a lump of coal in your stocking. And taco, as in we all love tacos. Miss Brisha Wilson. I don't never have my hair raised. Use the word Noah in a sentence. Jessica tried to speak to me in the hallway, and I walked past her like I ain't even know her. Cole, Brisha, the word cold in a sentence. Every time I come in this class, it's always so cold. Gosh, I'm mad I left my sweater at home. I need to turn it off. Taco, the word taco in a sentence, Brisha. I don't like the gossip, but let's talk about how Stacy keep trying me with them babies. Okay, that one was super easy. Let's taco. We've done the let's taco about it many a times on social media and the internet meme and uh, gif, gif, whatever it's called, world. Final one here before we get to the Jeopardy clip, which did not come from TikTok. This is just a quick 50 seconds back and forth. Who do you vote for? Okay, are you ready to submit your vote? Sure, yeah, but uh, what are my options? Well, there's quite a few options, but there's really just two. Um, the first option is getting screwed by five guys in the back of a Honda Accord, and the second option is being screwed by five guys in the back of a Tesla. So either way, I'm gonna get screwed? Yes, the only thing that changes is the car that you're gonna be in, but either way, you are going to be screwed re really hard. Um, 
I don't want to vote then. What What do you mean you're not going to vote? You, you have to vote. Look, I'm sorry. I just don't want to get screwed. I mean, is there anything else? Is there any other option where I don't get screwed? No, this is the best we can do, okay? So you have to vote. If you don't, you are part of the problem. I'll vote for the five guys in the Tesla then. Oh, wow. You're going to pick the Tesla. What is wrong with you? Oh, uh, I, I meant um, the five guys in the Honda Accord. God, you are such an idiot. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. The final one, maybe the best one of the podcast from Jeopardy. Think of the, I believe it was it was the first round. Think of the entire board completely empty. No other categories, no other dollar amounts, just the category football and three dorks on the main stage. Probably very successful, much more than me, and very much more intelligent people than me, but still dorks. And this is absolute gold. Ball 200. Your choice. Do or don't name this play in which the quarterback runs the ball and can choose to pitch it to another back. Uh oh. It's an option play. Ryan? Uh, football, 400. I can tell you guys are big football fans. <laughs> Tom Landry perfected the shotgun formation with this team. Oh, no. Dallas Cowboys. Uh, do you think we should go to commercial? <laughs> Ryan? Take it on to 600. Okay, by signaling for one of these, a returner can reel in a kick without fear of getting tackled. Oh, oh my God, oh my God. Fair catch. Two clues left, Ryan. 800. These penalties are simultaneous violations by the offense and defense that cancel each other out. Uh, 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 uh. And they are called offsetting penalties. Let's look at the uh, $1,000 clue just for the fun of it. Jimmy? As Minneapolis's U.S. Bank Stadium prepares to host Super Bowl 52, I'm looking at the Ring of Honor with names from this defensive line that took the Vikings to four Super Bowls. If you guys ring in and get this one, I will die. <laughs> Who are the purple people? Eaters? Uh, I know this We're is take a break. Small. Sorry, a small little amount that's kind of like, I don't know, poor taste to play it since he just died, and I will that That is funny. <laughs> it's good, 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 good stuff. All right, that is all for this week. I have got to start winding this thing down and get ready for the radio show tomorrow and um, go from there for the rest of my life. What will happen with this election? What will happen with recounts and legalities and all that? Oh, God, I don't know. We'll find out. But... Um, Hey, it's almost Thanksgiving, which is one of my favorite times of the year. And then it's almost Christmas, which is not one of my favorite times of the year. And then it's almost a new year, which is one of my closer to happier times of the year as we get into a, a new, you know, a new spring on the horizon. And so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I love you to death. Thank you so much for being here. I'll try to be every Wednesday for the rest of the year. Can't promise you that I will, but that's the goal. Take care at Stone on Air and all social media. Have a great week. See you later, guys. Bye.